Welcome into the Inside the Lines podcast, gaming and sports media edition. I'm your host, Brandon Ehrlich, and I'll be taking you through a recap of Week 8 in college football and a look ahead to Week 9 in college football. Week 8 was a very, very hectic week in college football as Penn State, a 24.5 point favorite at home in Happy Valley. Oh, no big deal. We've got Illinois coming into town, but they lost. Illinois plus 1,300 on the money line. Gets the job done in nine overtimes over Penn State. For one of the bigger upset wins of the season, Sean Clifford on the Penn State side only threw for 165 yards. He got hurt in the game against Iowa, and now it's two consecutive losses for Penn State. And their playoff hopes have slowly began to dwindle away And what could have been a magical season for the Nittany Lions, getting up to as high as four in the college football rankings this season. They do have a very tough schedule down the stretch, including games at Ohio State versus Michigan and at Michigan State. So we'll see what they're able to do with their very tough schedule down the stretch, but it's not looking good after dropping a game, a gimme game as a 24 and a half point home favorite. Let's take a look at Oklahoma against Kansas. Oklahoma came to this one as about 38 and a half point favorites. Oh, no big deal. We're going to Lawrence. We're going to win against Kansas. No. Kansas gave them all they can handle. Kansas up 10 to nothing at halftime in this one. Sent out an email to their students saying, come to the game. Even if you don't have a ticket, come. Free admission. They wanted the place to be rocking. They wanted everybody there to support the team to try and get the big upset win over the Sooners. But unfortunately, in the second half, Oklahoma proof they were too much to handle, scoring 35 second half points to get the win 35 to 23. They did not cover the 38 and a half, though, but they will remain a top four team in the polls staying at number three. Let's start with the number two team in the polls now. Cincinnati came into this game against Navy as a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. According to Points Bet USA, they were one of the most popular teams on the day to be bet on. 93% of the tickets were on Cincinnati to cover against Navy. Cincinnati won the game 27-20, but did not cover. A solid performance from uh, Heisman hopeful Desmond Ritter. 18 for 30, 176 yards, two touchdowns on the day, including throwing two to Wiley. So a nice performance from Cincinnati, not covering, but getting the win, doing what they had to do to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. And they do remain at number two in the polls. One of the crazier games of the day happened Wake Forest against Army. Wake Forest winning this game 70 to 56. Yes, 70 to 56 Wake Forest getting the best of Army. The total of this game was 53, and both teams outscored that by themselves. Wake Forest is still undefeated on the year, slowly but surely. Sam Hartman led the way for them 23 of 29, 458, and five touchdowns. They were also three point favorites in this game, getting the win on the road and covering. Another interesting game. Pittsburgh against Clemson. Pittsburgh at home, a three-point favorite, and they got the job done. Kenny Pickett, one of my personal favorite quarterbacks in this draft class. I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of this draft class, either him or Matt Corral. And Pickett did his job, 25 of 39, two touchdowns, 302 yards through the air. And on the other side of the ball, DJ Uyunglele, one of the top two Heisman favorites coming into the year alongside Spencer Rattler, was 12 of 25, no touchdowns and two interceptions. He now has thrown more interceptions on the year than he has passing touchdowns. Not great for DJ. 
not great at all. And now let's talk about the nation's leading rusher, Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Sean Tucker, another good game, 20 carries, 112 yards. In an upset win for Syracuse, three and a half point underdogs in Virginia Tech getting the job done 41 to 36. A big win there for the Orange. Oregon at on the road against UCLA as an underdog. Despite UCLA being unranked, Oregon was the underdog in this one. And they got the job done on the road. Travis Dye scored on three consecutive carries for Oregon. As Oregon got the job done 34 to 31, UCLA had a chance at the end of the game to tie the game or win it outright. But Dorian Thompson Robinson got injured. Ethan Garbers came in, the brother of Cal quarterback Chase Garbers, and he threw an interception to seal the win for the Ducks. And it looks like Ethan Garbers will be in at quarterback going forward for this Bruins team as Thompson Robinson did leave with an injury. The Hurricane of Miami got the win. At home against NC State, a much-needed win for Manny Diaz and crew as they improved to 3-4 and four on the season following two consecutive losses against Virginia and North Carolina. It's their first conference win of the year. Trevor Van Dyke played great, 25-33, four touchdowns, 325 yards through the air as they covered and won outright as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. That's a little bit of a recap of last week. Let's go ahead and take a look at week nine. I'll take us through a couple of my favorite bets and explain why those are my favorite plays of the week. We'll start off with a doozy. Fox game of the day. Saturday, Gus Johnson on the call early. Michigan against Michigan State. Michigan opened as a two-point favorite on the road at Michigan State. This line has ballooned up to four and a half. The total is stayed at 51. And I love the under 51 in this game. Now, let me explain why I love the under. I know a lot of people like betting overs. But unders are fun sometimes, too. I like the under because Michigan ranks number four in the nation in terms of rushing yards per game, and Michigan State ranks number 39 in the nation in rushing yards per game. Both these teams will run the rock. Michigan ranks 100th in terms of pass yards per game. Michigan State ranks 55th. These two teams are not great through the air, or at least not as good as they are running the ball. Michigan got a great defense. They have the eighth-ranked defense in terms of yards allowed per game, and Michigan has the 20th-ranked overall defense, in terms of rushing, and Michigan State has a 22nd-ranked defense against rushing. So this game will be on the ground. Both teams have good rush defenses, good defenses overall. I like this one to be a slop fest. It'll be a cold game in East Lansing, and both teams are 3-4 and four to the under this year. So, um, sorry, 4-3 and three in games going to their under this year. So I think it makes a lot of sense to play the under 51 in the Michigan-Michigan State battle. Now, let's take a look at Boise State against Colorado State. Boise State traveling to Colorado State in this one. They're holding strong as two-and-a-half-point favorites, total at 51-and-a-half. Boise State is coming off a bye. They've played a very, very tough schedule up to this point. They've faced UCF, Oklahoma State, Nevada, BYU, and Air Force. Very tough teams. For a small conference team like Boise State. Boise is three and four on the year. They won against BYU while they were ranked number 10 in Provo. Very impressive win. They lost against Nevada at home. They lost against Oklahoma State at home. And then they lost at home against Air Force. So 
They're going on the road here. Hank Bachmeyer is a stud, the quarterback for Boise State. He's averaging 279 yards a game through the air, ranked 15th in the nation in that category. And his favorite weapon on the outside, Khalil Shakir, is a beast. Averages 94 yards a game through the air. Top 20 in the country in that category. And Colorado State, Colorado State, they lost to Vanderbilt at home this year. Vanderbilt's been the laughingstock of college football these past few years. So that's a very embarrassing loss for Colorado State. They're not a good football team. I like Boise State to win this one by double digits. And in route, they'll cover the two and a half. I don't think it'll be particularly close. I think this play makes a lot of sense. A road favorite, short road favorite is Boise State. I think they'll get the job done. Next, we go to Auburn for an SEC clash between Ole Miss and the Auburn Tigers. This will be a quarterback showdown between Matt Corral and Bo Nix. And despite being two big names, Bo Nix has not been very good this year, and Matt Corral has been good this year. Matt Corral has seen his name fly up the draft boards all the way into number one pick consideration. Bo Nix this season has thrown for 1,488 passing yards, two interceptions, eight touchdowns. So he's been okay, but Matt Corral on the other end has been fantastic for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Matt Corral on the season has thrown for 19-13 pass yards, 15 touchdowns, only one interception. He was the last quarterback to throw, last starting quarterback to throw an interception this season. So Matt Corral has been doing the business this year for Mississippi. Mississippi's looked great in every game this year besides their game against Alabama, but it's hard to look good against Alabama. So I like Ole Miss to get the win on the road here. Auburn has struggled a ton this year, including in a game at home where Bo Nix got benched against Georgia State, and their backup quarterback had to come in and get the comeback going on a fourth down. If Auburn lost that game against Georgia State, they would not be ranked right now. They are ranked number 18 in the country, but I do think Ole Miss gets the win as two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they cover – sorry, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I think they cover the two-and-a-half plus two-and-a-half. Let's take a look at a few other games this week. I know I talked about DJ Uyunglele and his Clemson Tigers taking on Florida State this week. Clemson holds a 10-point favorite, but I am more interested in the total. The total right now is at 47 I like the under. Clemson is known for their defense. The most points they give it up in a game this season is 27 to NC State. I don't see Florida State getting anywhere near that. And Florida State is very talented on the defensive side of the ball as well. And DJ Uyunglele has not been good. As I said earlier, he has more interceptions than he does passing yards. So I think this game is going to be a slop fest as well. I like the under 47 and see this one being a very low scoring game. Let's talk about what I think will be a high-scoring game. BYU against Virginia. BYU at home in this one against the Virginia Cavaliers. A big test for Virginia, who's played a relatively soft schedule up to this point. Virginia does like to score points, though. 48 in back-to-back games, beating Duke 48-0 and Virginia Tech 48-40. They also had a 59-39 loss earlier in the season to North Carolina. BYU likes to move the ball. They like to move it quickly. So this should be a very fun game, a very thrilling game. And I like the over 64. Let's talk about a couple of other interesting spots. One of those spots in Houston. As SMU travels to Houston, 
Seven and zero SMU, six and one Houston. Dana Holgerson is going to have his Houston Cougars crew ready for this one. Houston has won six in a row, only dropping their opener to Texas Tech. I think Houston's the play here. Houston minus one. They have all the momentum in the world. As their quarterback, Clayton Tune, has been playing very well. And SMU has been overperforming this year. They've played very well, but they have been overperforming. Nobody thought they'd be this good. So I think this is a trap spot for them. I like how Houston is the favorite here. It shows that the books like them. They're going to be seeing a ton of public money on SMU. Oh, they're undefeated. Oh, they're ranked. Oh, they're only a one-point underdog. No. No. Houston is the play here. Give me Houston minus one over SMU. Notre Dame at home against North Carolina. This is the chance for Sam Howell to improve his draft stock. He's been underperforming this year. North Carolina has not been very good as a 4-3 record. Notre Dame has not been good as of late either. Dropping one to Cincinnati, barely escaping against Virginia Tech, and then handling business against USC. But I think the Notre Dame Fighting Irish cover the three and a half here. I think they win this game by double digits. Their defense is just too good, and they'll give Sam Howell the business here. I like Notre Dame by double digits. Let's head out to the West Coast for a late-night showdown in a game that should be a lot of fun for two teams that the average college football fan may not know much about. It's Fresno State traveling to San Diego State. Fresno State, Fresno State is 6-2 and two on the year. One loss at Oregon, in which they cover the 19.5-point spread, only losing 31-24. to 24. And then their other loss, a three-point loss on the island in Hawaii, in which they blew a big lead and allowed Hawaii to come back with 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Jake Hayner has been great this year for Fresno State. He's pulled off an upset win against Nevada and at UCLA. So Hayner's been great, but San Diego State has been great too. They're undefeated 7-0 on the year, including wins at Arizona versus Utah, at San Jose State, and at Air Force this past week as an underdog. So I like San Diego State at home in this one. Minus the one point. I think they get the job done. I think they win the ball game. Let's talk about Penn State against Ohio State. Ohio State, after losing to Oregon earlier in the season, has been unstoppable, winning games by a score of 41 to 20, 59 to 7, 52 to 13, 66 17, and 54 to 7. Penn State is the best defense they've faced in a while. And I think if Sean Clifford is healthy, that Penn State will be able to cover the spread, the 18 and a half, the line that's set right now. Give me Penn State plus the 18 and a half against Ohio State. Next on the agenda, Kentucky traveling to Mississippi State minus the two. Give me Kentucky to cover the two against Michigan, against Mississippi State. I like what Will Levis has done as the quarterback at Kentucky, and I think with the short spread here, they will be able to get the job done. A couple more games to go over. Georgia going to the swamp. 14-point favorites against Florida. Florida played their hearts out against Alabama in a very similar spot. I think they'll do the same thing this week. Florida's a very good team. They've underperformed this year. Disappointed against Kentucky, disappointed against LSU, off a of bye week. They're going to come to play for Coach Mullen. Florida might win this game outright, but I'm going to be safe. I'm going to take the 14 points. Give me Florida plus 14. And the last game 
I'm going to cover and give my pick on this week is going to be Iowa against Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus three and a half. The total is at 36 and a half. Iowa coming off a very, very disappointing loss to Purdue. And Wisconsin just beat Purdue. Give me Wisconsin minus three and a half at home. I think this will be a low scoring game, but I'm not sure Iowa will be able to score the ball at all in this one. Give me Wisconsin minus a three and a half. That is a wrap. That's the Inside the Lines podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Ehrlich. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time where we will have a recap of all the plays from this week and a look ahead to the following week in college football. Thanks again for tuning in. Good luck with your bets, and have a nice week.